0: Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day.
1: On
2: it's another crossover podcast here in the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys, and we have a special guest today. It is your boy Q from On Raiders. Uh, how are you doing today? So this is a this is a big game for for both our Cowboys and our Raiders. I say our Raiders because my listeners know that I cover the Raiders as well. So how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man, and it is. It's a very important game for both teams. Uh, it's going to be in prime time, as the Cowboys are always in prime time on Thanksgiving, but uh, it's been a while since the Raiders have joined them uh, at, at, at Cowboys State, well, AT&T Stadium, I should say. Uh, 2013, I believe, was the last time I was there as a fan, uh, so I'll be there in attendance this time as a guy covering the team, but yeah, man, excited about this opportunity. Do you remember how that game started? It was uh, a Terrence yeah. Williams fumble on the opening kickoff, right? Yep. And I swore that the Raiders were winning that game. They returned it, I think, to the house. And, man, it was celebration. It was all kind of trash talking in the stands. And then I remember there was a lot of trash talking after the game, but it wasn't because of celebrations. It was because the Raiders were angry. <laughs> wow. Well,
2: I mean, to be fair, you guys are starting, with it Matt McGloin in that game, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really – you are behind the eight ball a little bit with the quarterback. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt about
0: it.
2: Uh all right, do we want to start with the Cowboys or Raiders? So it's your call. How would you like to do this?
1: Well, I mean, go, let's go ahead and start off with, the, I guess, the Raiders. Why not?
2: Okay. Uh, let's start with Derek Carr. I, I think the first month of the season, he was the best quarterback in the league. I mean, he was leading the NFL in passing yards. They beat the, <laughs> the Ravens on primetime. They beat the Steelers in a big game. Over the last three weeks, really struggled. How much of that is just because of Henry Ruggs not being there?
1: You know, I think a lot of it has to do with that because Henry Ruggs is obviously that guy with the speed. He opens up the offense. He opens things up for Darren Waller. But that's not the only, you know, element to the game. You know, there's, that's not the only reason why he's struggling. And I really can't put my finger on exactly why him and the rest of the team. I, I get it. Henry Ruggs was a big deal. But at some point, man, you have to realize, hey, he's not walking through that locker room door anytime soon. You've got to do something with yourself. You got to get up off your shoulders and you got to go make something happen. And you know, Darren Waller is is a guy that I consider a, a superstar. And if he's not a superstar, he's a really good player and he's really a superstar, a superstar. Yeah. one of the yeah. best tight ends in the league, in my opinion. So get him involved in the ball, you know, get him the ball, get him involved in the offense. And the Raiders haven't done that really the last three weeks. And I know, you know, statistically, he had seven catches for over 100 something yards on Sunday against the Bengals. But through three quarters, he only had four catches. I mean, that's not going to do it. When you need your star, you need your big time player to step up and make some plays happen. Uh, Derek Carr is not forcing the ball down the field. Uh, He did on one drive against the Bengals and it took three plays to go 75 yards to get a touchdown. But that didn't happen until the fourth quarter. So I kept saying, what in the world's going on here? So uh, I, I don't I can't really put my finger on exactly what is is plaguing him right now. He says he's tired of losing. He's tired of this crap and wants to be a part of the turnaround with the team. But currently they're on a three game losing streak, as you know. And well, here we are.
2: All right, let's stay with the positive stuff because we could can we can do a lot of negatives on both the yeah. and the Raiders right now, but positive. Max Crosby is an absolute superstar. But why hasn't the national media caught up yet?
1: Um I think just because he doesn't have the numbers yet. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the actual numbers. I mean, the he counting
2: has- stats, right? Like the, if you look at the sack totals, the, right. those aren't there. But if you're watching the game, my yeah. goodness, he he is a baller.
1: Yeah, and he's been. And I saw this in training camp. I saw it in preseason. And I kept telling everyone that this guy looks so much faster. He looks so much more aggressive. He looks, you know, better than he has so far in his career. A lot of that has to do with the fact he's not drinking anymore. He's sober. Uh, congratulations to him on that. Him and Darren Waller are both doing that together. I think that's Great awesome. Time. Yeah. But he's just so fast, you know, and so he's getting to the, the quarterback. He doesn't have the sack numbers like you mentioned, but he does have the pressures. He's doing really well there. Uh, his tag team partner, Unique y- Ngakwe, has helped out a lot uh, by taking a lot of the pressure off as well. Both of those bookends are doing a really good job getting to the quarterback. Now, against the run, it's a little suspect, but I, I think that, you know, more sack numbers, more wins for the team. I think if they were seven and, and three or seven and, and two, whatever, no, seven and three they'd be. If they were seven and three, like I thought they should have been seven and three at this point, I think more people would be talking about them. But since they're five and five and they're on a three game losing streak, it kind of falls on deaf ears.
2: He's going to make the Pro Bowl. The debate is whether he's an All-Pro or not. If you're asking me, I think he is. I think he's been the best defensive end in football this year. Um, all right, so over the last couple of years, the secondary for the Raiders has been the biggest problem, right? They just haven't found – they haven't been able to find solid cornerbacks. Right. Hasn't been the issue this year. Uh, tell us about Casey Hayward and Nate Hobbs.
1: Man, Casey Hayward's been the dude, you know, he really has. And, and it's funny because the national media basically wrote him off last year. You know, he's old, he's lost a step, he's not playing very good. And we've asked him about that in media sessions like, hey, you know, people thought you were washed up. What has changed for you? And he just, you know, played it off like I didn't even know they were saying that. All athletes <laughs> say that. All players say that. Good. Yeah. I haven't heard that. I didn't know that. But the reality is, it's true. He came off a terrible statistical year with the with the Chargers last season. He's got back with Gus Bradley this year and, and he's playing some really good ball. And it's funny when he was drafted or not drafted, when he was signed as a free agent, everyone thought he was going in there to mentor Damon Arnett. And I remember John Gruden saying he didn't come here to, to you know, to help someone get the job. He didn't come here to give away a job. He came here to earn the job. And he did. And he's been playing lights out. Hasn't given up a touchdown this season. And then Nate Hobbs, you mentioned the fifth round pick out of Illinois. Man, he's been fun. He he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He plays with that underdog mentality. He just he brings it all the time. You know, I I really like him. And the biggest thing about him, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. He'll make a mistake and then he'll learn from it. Someone will pull him to the side. Casey Hayward, pull him to the side and say, hey, this is what you got to do next time. And he'll say, "Okay, he won't you know pout or worry about it he'll just go out there and handle his business but he learns and that's one of my biggest things that I think why he's going to be so successful in the league because he'll make a mistake but he's not going to make the same one twice and so he just he's got a good knack for football he comes from Illinois he was he was coached uh, by Lovey Smith obviously knows the NFL really well so I just think that he has a lot of good uh, characteristics he's still a little bit raw but man I think he's going to be a special player for some years to come and that's a fifth round pick.
2: And you know what my favorite thing about him is? He tackles. Like, he he just doesn't miss a lot of tackles. And that's so important when you're a slot corner because you're going to be going up to get some really physical receivers. So if you're able to... If you do give up a pass, get the guy on the ground and just move on. It's a huge asset to the defense. Um, Yeah. uh,
1: Go ahead. No, he's he's just... The open field is amazing to me. You know, he's gone up against some really good teams with some really dynamic players, and he's been able to get them to the ground when it's just one-on-one. You know, it's, it's, it's mano-a-mano. Mono, and like you said, to go and get that tackle is a big deal. A lot of times we see DBs just, just go out and just whiff or, or barely even try. But Nate Hobbs will give you everything he's got.
2: All right. So we've sung the praises of the Raiders a little bit. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do one negative thing before we move on. The right side of that offensive line. Um, yep. Brandon Parker... Alex Leatherwood, and then even Andre James at center. Uh, Is this a a unit that the Cowboys can expose?
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Alex Leatherwood was drafted number 17 overall to be the right tackle of the future. And, well, after a handful of games, he got kicked inside the guard. I think the guard is probably going to be the position he plays throughout the course of his career. I don't think he's a tackle. I just, I questioned it when they drafted him, but... They sang his praises. They gave every reason why they drafted him. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, cool. Maybe he's going to be the guy. Well, he wasn't. Brandon Parker, as you know, I mean, you cover the Raiders as well. Brandon Parker is not the answer. Has he played yeah, he's better? Worse. He's worse yeah, than exactly. another one at right tackle. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's played okay. He's played, you know, better than he has in, in, in previous years. But that's not saying a lot. The bar was very low. So I, I just think that the Raiders have a problem at the right side of the offensive line. And they've had it for a while. There's yeah. a reason why they went out and gave a boatload of money to Trent Brown. No longer there. There's a reason why they've drafted guy after guy after guy. I mean, it's just there's been so much attention put on the right side and they cannot get it right. I mean, it's just it has been a struggle. Uh, I don't know what's what they're going to do. Obviously, they are going to address it again in the offseason. But uh, that that is definitely one of the weak spots of the Raiders offensive line. And like you said, even the center position, Andre James, he's a young cat, man. He's still learning. You know, he's, he's trying to fill the shoes of Rodney Hudson. Rodney freaking Hudson. I mean, that was a hell of a center. The Raiders decided to roll the dice, and, and, and you ask him to take a pay cut. He said no, and they moved on from him. They were able to trade him out to Arizona. So they rolled the dice on him. Gabe Jackson is gone, and, well, now you have a little bit of a leak on the, on the right side of that line. And I think the Cowboys and those uh, edge rushers and interior guys are going to key in on that and really kind of expose them.
2: Now, they did have some bad luck, right, because Denzel got, Good got hurt in week yeah. one. Yep. Um, he was a starting guard, but he also has experience at right tackle. I think yep. if he was healthy, you might have seen him at right tackle and the Leatherwood at right guard. Richie Incognito, we haven't seen him since, I, I don't know, basically what,
1: two thousand. You've played as many snaps as Incognito has.
2: <laughs> well, the thing is, Gruden said before he resigned, like, hey, he's he's not that far away. And right. we have yet to see him. So
1: He's not playing this year. I refuse to believe he takes any snap at all this year.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Want to tell you guys about Bet Online—the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online your online sportsbook experts.
0: Are you ready to try the best-tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Bilt Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code LOCKEDON. Go check out BuiltBar.com promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com promo code LOCKEDON.
2: Uh, that's the Raiders for you. Uh- we we get to turn this around and talk about the Cowboys a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it, man. I, I'm excited and, and and Marcus, as a guy who covers you know the Cowboys and the Raiders, uh, I'm sure you can either agree or disagree, and that'd be okay with this. I I always say that the Cowboys and Raiders are very similar yes. from. The yes. approach that they have, the players that they interchange with, the coaches that they interchange with. I feel like these teams are very similar, even though the Cowboys obviously are playing better than the Raiders this year, but just personnel and approach and and even just ideas that they have. I feel like they're very similar.
2: They are similar in a lot of ways. And let's also not mention that these are the two teams that get screwed over by the refs more than any other team in the league. <laughs> just throwing that out there. So I, I think both fan bases can agree with that, but yeah, the, the interim coach, Rich Passaccia, was a longtime special teams coach in Dallas. The defensive line coach, Rob Marinelli, was a defensive coordinator for a long time in Dallas. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of DNA on this Raiders team that the Cowboys know very, very well. And I agree with you. I think, you know, Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn are both guys that come from the Seattle scheme. Right. Uh, now, their approaches are a little different, but they play similar styles of defense. I think they both like to be balanced on offense. Ah, uh, they want to run the ball, so yeah, I, I I do think the Cowboys and Raiders are very similar in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, it's just so funny, you know. And even even going back to you know, Jason Witten was on the team a year ago. You know, they had Jeff Heath yeah. on the team a year ago. You know, I mean, there's so many. Uh, Collins was on the team a year ago. I mean, just yeah. it seems like if you're a Cowboy, at some point you're going to be a Raider, or if you're a Raider, you're going to be a Cowboy, in, in like Amari Cooper. I mean, yeah. it's just Ryan Switzer.
2: We oh, allow that one didn't last very long, but there you right.
1: go. <laughs> I see. It's like, hey, don't worry. There's a pipeline from uh, Dallas to Las Vegas or Las Vegas to Dallas. It just it just, it happens like that. Now, you mentioned the defense in Dan Quinn, and uh, that was the big Achilles heel for the Cowboys a year ago. Mm-hmm. Is their defense just stunk. I mean, they just didn't have a defense to save their life. You could have scored and I could have scored. But this year, <laughs> it's a lot different. Dan Quinn has done a good job, in my opinion, from a distance. Uh, that I know that they're really built. I feel like they were also built like the Raiders' defense to play with a lead. What, yes. what has really stood out to you the most about this Cowboys defense?
2: Yeah, so Landon McCool, my co-host and Locked On Cowboys, I remember going into training camp, into the season, say, saying if the Cowboys could have like the 19th ranked defense in the NFL, they're probably going to be okay and make the playoffs. They've been like a top 10 unit across the board this year. Right. You can even make an argument they've been even better than that. against the Chiefs on Sunday – from the 14-minute mark on in the second quarter, they allowed three points on 10 drives against Patrick Mahomes. Like they were outstanding in that game without Randy Gregory, without Demarcus Lawrence, or without Neville Gallimore. I mean, they were missing a ton of dudes on defense, and they still managed to get stops. I don't know how Dan Quinn's doing it. He, he's this is a, a not a overly talented unit, but they're getting the job done. Uh, kudos to him because this is just a complete turnaround that I don't think anybody. In Cowboys Nation was expecting.
1: Well, you know I can't let you get away with Cowboys Nation. You know how it is. Uh, Raider Nation gets very offended with the whole anything else Nation thing. So that's all right. That's, we'll let that's you fine with that one. <laughs> Listen, we know the Cowboys and Raiders both have sensitive fan bases. We know that. <laughs> you cover you cover the Raiders, so you already know the rules.
0: <laughs> but oh, on,
1: and with that defense, sticking with the defense. How about the rookie Micah Parsons, man? Mm. That guy, I think he fell into the Cowboys' lap. I don't think he was the first plan uh, when they went into the draft this year. But sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And Micah Parsons is the real deal, man. What can you tell me about him?
2: Yeah, he wasn't the first plan or the second plan. They wanted Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn. Those guys both went 8-9. and Cowboys traded down, and they just took the best player left on their board. And it was Micah Parsons. And week one, started at linebacker. They had a bunch of injuries going into week two when they were playing the Chargers, so they had no choice but to play him as an edge rusher. And kind of ever since then, that's where he's kind of stood out. He has eight sacks on the season. His pass rush win rate is among the best in the NFL. And I think in this game, you're going to see him lined up one-on-one with Brandon Parker. And that's not a great matchup for the Raiders, unfortunately. Now, Derek Carr can do some things to get rid of the ball quickly. They can put a tight end over there to help a little bit, maybe some Foster Moreau action. Uh, but without Alex Engle, the fullback, you do wonder, you know, what is the protection going to look like in this game? I think Micah Parsons could have another huge game on uh, on Thursday. He
1: he's a guy that can wreck a game. I mean, yes. simple as that. You mentioned eight sacks on the season. That would lead the Raiders in, in sacks. Yeah, I mean, you know, so. Uh, He's 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 amazing, man. I mean, just how how shocked are you that he was able to just go into the league? I know he wasn't shocked. He's a very confident young man. But how shocked are you that he was able to just step into the NFL and play just about any position he wants to and at a high level?
2: Shocked because he didn't even play football last year. Like he opted out. He's this 21 year old that really hasn't played a lot of football since high school. Uh and now he's coming in and he's the best rookie edge rusher. He's the best rookie linebacker. You can line him up all over the field against the tight end. You can line him up as a will linebacker. He, he can do it all. It's it's really unbelievable because I'm not sure we've ever really seen a rookie come in and dominate multiple positions like that. It's just unheard of.
1: Yeah, it really is, man. It's amazing. It's fun to watch from a distance, but I'll tell you, man, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something scary on on Thursday. I'll tell you that because uh, man, I, I don't know between Brandon Parker, Alex Leatherwood. I feel like Micah Parsons is somewhere, uh, at the star in Frisco, just licking his chops. Like, yeah, man, I cannot wait to get this going. Um, now I will say
2: it, D- Derek Carr does a pretty good job of getting rid of the ball quickly and not taking a lot of ha- uh, sacks. So I think that is something that they might be able to avoid. However, when you do that, you limit your offense, right? You just right. taking the shots down the field. And I think the Cowboys know that. So we'll probably see a lot of heavy boxes early on in this game.
1: I would think so, and unfortunately for the Raiders, man, their run game is not playing very well right now. It's not producing, uh, so they can't try to slow down. Uh, you know, they can't slow down the, the pass rush that way uh, by using a heavy dose of the run game. They can't do that. I mean, it's it's... It's going to be a struggle, man. They don't get a lot of separation on the outside right now. I mean, there's a lot of things to question about this game uh, on Thursday against the Cowboys. And, you know, talk about the secondary and wide receivers, Trayvon Diggs, I, I can't go without talking about this dude. I mean, he's just been a monster when it comes to creating turnovers and getting interceptions. Um, give, us the, give us the lowdown on Trayvon Diggs. And I know there's parts of his game that he struggles, but he also comes up with a lot of big plays. So, so what can you tell us about him? Yeah, he's
2: a high-variance player, right? Like, if you want this guy to come up and make tackles in the run game, he's just not going to do it. If you want him to, like, shut down an opposing receiver and give up no yards, he's not going to really do that either. But what he's going to do is make you question every single throw uh, that you you target him with because if the ball is even slightly off target, he's going to take it to the house. I mean, he already has eight interceptions this year. So a guy like Brian Edwards, who is a big physical receiver, doesn't really match up well with Diggs because that's the type of receiver he does well he's going to run the route better than brian edwards he's going to be physical and he's going to jump routes so i think the raiders can get him if you know if the protection's good it's just how much do you really want to test him on that side
1: right well who do you think since he's the guy who creates all the turnovers and he's the guy who runs the really good routes better than the receivers most of the time who do you think matches up with darren waller Yeah, that's
2: the big question. Uh, Dallas doesn't have anybody that can match up with Darren Waller, and the truth is, I don't know if any team really does. I mean, he is a unique player at 6'6", 260 pounds, and can run in the four fours. right? It really takes a team effort. you got to be able to to dedicate multiple players to him. And more importantly, you got to get pressure on Derek Carr. But I think you'll see a lot of zone. You'll see some J. Ron Kurse who covered Travis Kelsey last week. But the Cowboys just don't have a guy in the roster that can athletically match up with him in the middle of the field.
1: What would you say would be the weakest link when it comes to the defensive side of the ball? Like, what's the one area that, hey, this is where they could be exposed if the Raiders were to go ahead and take advantage of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, if it's not Micah Parsons creating a pass rush, I don't know who else will. Because Randy Gregory is going to miss this game with a calf injury. The Marcus Lawrence is still on the injured reserve list. And they can get blown off the ball a little bit. We even saw that last week against the Chiefs. So if the Raiders come out and just run the ball down their throats and keep the Cowboys a little bit off balance, I think they could have a lot of success because they are really missing an entire starting defensive line with Lawrence, Gregory, Gallimore, and Brent Urban all out. So that's that's what makes me the most nervous as a Cowboy fan that Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake get 30 touches in this game. And maybe we even see some Marcus Mariota sprinkled in and they just kind of control the clock all game long.
1: Well, they've been talking about it. They have a package, and I say that in air quotes because, well, we haven't seen it. And when we do see Marcus Mariota hit the court or field, then it's all of a sudden a false start or something like that, and he takes him right back off the field. So... Uh, we haven't seen it in a while, but maybe maybe they'll sprinkle it in as one of their little surprises for, uh, for Thanksgiving uh, Day game against the Cowboys. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you about the offense as well. Of course, Dak Prescott comes back from that horrible injury. He gets the contract. He's playing some good ball. Struggled last week against Kansas City. Where's Dak at right now?
2: I mean, he's playing the best football of his career. It's really unfortunate that Amari Cooper is not going to play in this game for a lot of different reasons. It would have been nice to see him play against his former team, but – this offense just isn't the same without Amari because this is somebody who can win against one-on-one coverage, whatever he wants. You basically have to double him. And when you do that, that just opens up CD lamb in a slot, Michael Gallup on the outside. He's not going to be there. And we don't know about CD lamb either. Who's dealing with a concussion. So if Prescott doesn't have those two guys, and I don't think he will, this offense is suddenly a lot easier to defend. Uh, They're going to need Prescott to play one of the best games of his career uh, I'm interested to see how it looks on a short week.
1: Who fills the void uh, if if uh, if CD's not there? Obviously, like you said, Cooper's not going to be there. But I mean, is it you know a heavy dose of the tight ends? Is it you know Michael Gallup? A heavy yeah. dose of him. Uh, who gets the who gets the majority of the looks?
2: Well, Michael Gallup will be the de facto number one receiver. And I gotta admit, I don't love that matchup with Casey Hayward. Uh, Hayward's just too smart of a player. He's too too quick and twitchy that one could cause the Cowboys some problems. So uh, Cedric Wilson, who's really been a slot receiver, uh, you'll see more snaps from him. Noah Brown, uh, a draft pick from Ohio State a couple years ago, a big physical receiver but does not run very fast. My guess is it's going to be just a little bit of everybody. You're not going to see one guy get 10 targets. It'll be Schultz with six targets, and then uh, Tony Pollard out of the backfield with a couple targets, and then Ezekiel Elliott in the run game. I I don't think – you'll see one guy get fed in the passing attack this week.
1: You know, you mentioned Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, The Raiders have struggled to stop the run. You know, they really have. Joe Mixon had a nice game a a week ago. Uh, Multiple running backs have had good games against the Raiders in that rush attack. They're able to get to the quarterback. No problem. They're able to get there. But... The running game has is, is been very successful against the Silver and Black. So, uh, what kind of what what? How do you think Kellen Moore will will attack the Raiders' defense? Because he, to me, is a guy who likes to get a little cute at times and maybe throw the ball more than he has to, even yeah. near the goal line.
2: I think if the Cowboys are looking at this game, you would think it would be a Tony Pollard game because Ezekiel Elliott's hurt. I mean, it's he's dealing with an ankle injury, he's dealing with a knee injury. He just doesn't look the same. Tony Pollard, on the other hand. Looks quick. He's explosive, decisive. And I, the linebackers aren't really spring chickens, right? Like they've, they're playing a lot of KJ Wright, uh, a lot of Denzel Perryman, some Corey Littleton. I think if you can get to the second level, I think you can beat those guys with some speed. So I would think Tony Pollard would be the preferred option this week at running back. Uh, but you'll see both guys. Both guys will probably have double-digit touches. Um, I think you will see a lot of carries in this game from the Cowboys running backs.
1: You know, and for the Cowboys running back to be successful, for Dak Prescott to be successful, that offensive line has got to hold up. I know there's a bunch of injuries that they've been dealing with them now for multiple years when it comes to the offensive line. Yep. What's the shape of the offensive line right now? Who do you think's in? Who do you think's out on Thursday?
2: Sounds like Tyron Smith is playing, which means this is the first time since Thanksgiving of 2019, not 2020, 2019, the Cowboys have had their entire offensive line intact. So uh, we should see a really good game from them. Uh, I am a little bit nervous about Lyle Collins against Max Crosby for all the reasons we stated. Yeah. This is Tyron Smith's first game back in a month. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is a heck of a pass rusher, but I think the Cowboys should be able to run the ball in this game. Uh, they should be able to blow off the, you know, the guys in the defensive line. I mean, we know Rod Marinelli. They, they don't have a lot of size in the defensive line. Like Solomon Thomas and Quentin Jefferson are not the biggest dudes in the world, right? And they're going to have to be – going against Zach Martin and Tyler Bionich and Connor McGovern, the Cowboys should be able to run the ball with their massive offensive line in this one.
1: How how much do you think it helps the Cowboys knowing so much about the Raiders, knowing a lot of the guys? Like you mentioned, Rob Marinelli. Obviously, they know uh, Rich Basaccia. You know, there's other guys on the squad that they know, and they just kind of know the tendencies. And not only that, Dan Quinn knows Gus Bradley very well as well.
2: I don't know if it really matters all that much because a lot of the guys that we you know we just mentioned Bisaccia and Marinelli were guys in the previous coaching staff with Jason Garrett. This is a whole new group with Mike McCarthy. I, I think us fans, you know, we'd probably talk about it more than they do. So I, yeah. I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal.
1: What about Quinn and and Gus Bradley? You think that that's a a, a little bit of a difference? Uh, a little
2: bit, but I mean. Listen, these two guys have been defensive coordinators for a long time in the NFL. We know exactly what they're going to do on basically every single snap. It's just it's just executing, right? So I don't think Dak Prescott's going to be surprised by anything Gus Bradley does. And just like I don't think Derek Carter's going to be surprised by anything that Dan Quinn does. I mean, they've, they've both played those guys multiple times before. I think they'll be fine.
1: Right, no doubt about it. And final, final question for you as far as just the game in general. Uh, how about the atmosphere? You know, it's it's Thanksgiving, it's prime time. Yeah, uh, Cowboy fans are going to be there. They're going to be uh, lubed up and fired up, ready to go. <laughs> Raider fans, you know how Raider Nation is. Travels very well. It's going to be fired up. I know they got a tailgate already lined up for a, a certain lot or whatever. I mean, they're they're excited too. Uh, how do you think the atmosphere is going to be there on Thursday?
2: I like that you said the Cowboy fans are going to be lubed up, but you're, they're they're skipping the turkey for the wild turkey in this one. Is that yes, what you're basically absolutely. saying? Uh, I, it's going to be loud because these Thanksgiving games are always loud. But depends on how the game starts. As we saw in that 2013 one, that crowd was dead quiet after the first right. five seconds of that game. So I expect it to be loud. I actually expect this to be a really competitive game. I, the Raiders absolutely need this game. It feels yeah. a lot like a kitchen sink game where if they don't win, the season's basically over. Now, if you do win, you're right back into the you know the AFC wildcard hunt. For the Cowboys, yeah, they need this game, but they basically have the division locked up. I right. think the Raiders are going are gonna to play with a lot of urgency, and I think we're
1: going to do the game that's pretty competitive going into the fourth quarter. Don't get me started on the word urgency, man. Don't get me started. I asked <laughs> – I asked uh, coach Basaccia about that after Sunday where was the sense of urgency and he gave me the he gave me the uh he gave me the business coach yeah, the he me that it was yep. there the whole game but uh, I didn't see it so I'd love to see it on I Thursday
2: didn't see
1: it, yeah <laughs> I didn't see it either
2: I' uh, love coach Passaccia though I, I yeah, hope, he's a good dude I, I hope they get things turned around
1: right well we'll see we'll see what happens on Thursday you're right they need the game more than the Cowboys do and and I kind of feel like they needed that bangle game in a major way they should have got that one they weren't able to do it so
2: should have got the Giants. Obviously, one. that's the more it's frustrating be, It's gonna be one, tough right? sledding
1: for the Silver and Black, but yeah, yeah. man, that's that, that's a tough call. We'll see how it goes. At least it's prime time. It should be a lot of fun.
2: Should be a lot of fun. That the Giants game is the one that really bothers me. If, if you're a Raider fan, like that's a game you you just yep. need to win, right? If it's not for Derek Carr's t- turnovers, I think we're talking about a different outcome. But yeah, this should be a, this should be a really fascinating game, and I'm excited to watch it.
1: Yeah, me too. You know, it's funny you brought up the Giants game. It makes me think of when the Cowboys went to Denver or no, Denver went to Dallas. Yeah, Denver, Denver went to Dallas, Dallas. Yeah, That was another game that blew, it just blew my mind. They just traded Von Miller and then all of a sudden they go in there and beat the brakes off the Cowboys. I guess, like we said at the beginning of the show, the teams are very similar. There you go. Another another similarity right there. Losing games they shouldn't.
2: All right. So tell the people where they can find your stuff on Twitter.
1: It's always on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Still got that Central Texas area code, even though I'm uh, in the 702 <laughs> now in Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, man, you can find everything I do on my Twitter account, at your boy Q254. And, uh, Marcus, let them know where you can find yours.
2: Yeah, at Marcus underscore Mosier, daily podcast. You guys know it's the Locked On Podcast Network. We we do it better than anybody else. You can follow my co-host, at McCoolBCB, and that is Landon McCool. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, what, in four years? Hopefully sooner than that, right? right? Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, you too. We'll see you later.